Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Armago podcast. Today I am delighted to be welcoming Duncan Scott. He is the most decorated GB athlete in one single games and is GB's most decorated swimmer ever. He got two silver medals in Rio 2016 and added a further three silvers and a gold medal in Tokyo 2020. That means he has a total of six Olympic medals, which is only bettered by Sir Chris Hoy, Jason Kenny, and Sir Bradley Wiggins. And he's just 24 years of age. And on top of that, he was able to study a degree whilst doing his, uh, his life as an Olympic athlete. Now, last week, we heard from Lauren Williams, who got a silver Olympic medal uh, in Tokyo 2020. And as you'll know, if you've been listening to the Armago podcast for a while now, at the end of each episode, we hold a two truths and one lie with our guests. Now, Lauren was, in fact, uh, recording the episode in a hot, sweaty car in her pyjamas. She also had to dress up as a boy once in order to compete. However, her lie was that she does not have 22 European gold medals. She, in fact, has 24. Now, do give Lauren's episode a listen if you get the chance. But in the meantime, do sit back and enjoy as we bring on Duncan Scott. Duncan, firstly, uh, massive congratulations on your successes uh, in the Olympic Games. Uh, obviously, the most decorated GB athlete in one games um, and GB's uh, most decorated swimmer ever. Um, I want to start off, though, kind of just understanding how you feel on a day-to-day basis now that you've kind of achieved all this and whether you feel any different to how you were when you're building up to things. Yeah, it's, it's oh, firstly, thanks very much for the, uh, the kind words, the introduction. Um, it's strange, to be honest. Um, mixed, mixed emotions, because obviously it's a, it's a big thing that you build up to the Olympic Games as the pinnacle of our sport. Um, so, you know, you, you have dreams and aspirations of performing at the highest level, but then also you have particular aims and objectives that you'd want to try and achieve as well. With the year out, I actually think it helped me quite a lot, but the, um, you know, I, I thought that I could have quite a nice breakthrough competition in terms of performing, you know, and getting on the podium for, for quite a few different individual events. But, um, you know, on, on reflection, you know, it's it's very much mixed emotions day to day. And, you know, some days, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with the way that I, I performed and, you know, others, there's there's quite a lot of, uh, you know, I'm just a little bit gutted, you know, falling so short at a couple of events and, uh, you know, being, you know, 0.04 away from a gold, but then 0.03 away from a world record and as being a part of the relay, you know, these are such small margins that, you know, obviously play on my mind a little bit now, but I think afterwards, no, it's, it's not changed the way that I am or the way that I approach things, you know, it's been nice to, to chill out and, and relax, um, but I'd say... Overall, you know, it's probably just made me more excited and uh, probably just, just as hungry as ever to, to, to get the next three years started, um, which is why I need to sort of relax. I can't get too excited too early. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's very important that for athletes to kind of take that step back and, and be able to um, relax for a bit. I'm just curious to know, you mentioned that you, you, these things kind of run over your mind. Um, and when you do think back on it, I can imagine at the start it was kind of more of a feeling of kind of perhaps frustration um but what are some of the things when you when you kind of process that that chain of events what are some of the things that you now say to yourself um to kind of 
you know, give yourself a bit of self-encouragement, self-boost as you move on to the next things that you'll do in your career? Yeah, and I think uh, initially it was just about, well, over the last couple of weeks since, it, since the Olympics, it's just been about reflecting. You know, at the actual Olympics itself, because of how much I was racing, you know, it was a race at a time, regardless of how it went, you know, park it and then move on to the next one. You know, and after some events, that was quite difficult. But, you know, I think, you know, that was one thing that I thought I did really well was regardless of how I thought that it went, you know, I have a great opportunity coming up. And then wherever that was, you know, I have another great chance, you know, with a relay or whatever. So, yeah, no, it has has been really strange. I think initially it was probably just, you know, um, know, it's just realisation that it's actually finally happened. You know, the Olympics has been five years in the waiting and, you know, for it actually to be happening and over, I guess, you know, and, and that event to... To, to have happened and then you know you need to to turn it around but then at the same time you know the, the two three is probably the one that you know I'm most gutted about but at the same time you know I've, I've come one two to, to another Britain and actually a close friend as well Tom Dean so you know he's someone that you know I have huge respect for and uh, you know I couldn't have gone to, to a nicer guy so um you know obviously it's it's strange but um, I'm delighted for him. Yeah and, and by the way I should probably say as well at this point that you know obviously we talk about these kind of small margins, but we're really talking about the difference between a, a gold and a silver medal here. So it's kind of n- no kind of discredit to, to yourself and what you've gone and achieved. I actually want to go back a little bit, though, and kind of figure out, you know, how Duncan Scott, you got to where you are now, because, you know, you've certainly, you're an outlier. You certainly haven't followed the kind of path that most people follow. Um, and you've become incredibly ambitious and, and got that kind of drive to, to go and achieve these things within swimming. So, what were some of the key things within your kind of childhood that set you up for who you are today? That's a, it's a, good, it's a good question and one that I'm probably a bit unconscious about, you know, different traits that I have and I'm not really sure that I have them. But, you know, I think if you ask other people, they might be able to say, I think ones that I perhaps noticed is, uh, you know, I grew up with an older sister and it was just whatever we were doing, it was just about trying to be better than her at, at anything. You know, she's... Yeah. She's two years older, so when you're younger, that, that actually equates for quite a lot. So she was better than me at, at a lot of things. And then probably on top of that, you know, going to uh, going to Strathallan. So, you know, fortunate enough to, to get a scholarship and a bursary, which allowed me to go. And, you know, I was quite fortunate for the opportunity. But, you know, being able to try out so many different sports, but, you know, not being, not being the best at really any of them. And, you know, um, you know I, loved, I love tennis and I love swimming, but, you know, swimming was was the one that you know I, I really enjoyed but and it was the one that you know I was I was more competitive in and I think you know you you enjoy things that you're good at and you know that was that was the main thing for me but I didn't really like accepting results you know every time that I did something my first reaction would be you know I think I could have done that better or you know I, I want to try and achieve this and I, and I loved watching videos of you know, the best in the world achieving stuff and, and constantly on YouTube as a young kid watching Michael Phelps and stuff in 2008 and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it was a mixture of competitiveness, but then also just constantly striving to, to improve. Yeah, OK. Um, and so, um, you know, why is it that you think that um, you chose to kind of um, go so hard into swimming you know, you, you started getting some early successes in your swimming. You had that kind of very competitive um, flair. Um, so why do you think it was that you chose to kind of really go hard at the swimming and not other, other areas within your life at the time? 
Uh, I th- enjoyment. You know, I really enjoyed. I, I enjoy all sport, to be honest. And um, swimming was the one that I was I was focusing on. But you know, to to say that I went went hard at a younger level, I, I wouldn't say. You know, I, I overtrained, which is probably one thing which has helped me out now, especially at the age of twenty four. You know, I, I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near the end of my career. So, you know. Uh, towards the end of my school years you know I, I can't I wasn't training more than anyone else I was, um, but you know I was able to compete at, at quite a high level for my age you know Commonwealth Games and World Championships in my last two years of school despite you know people at my age you know doing plenty more I'd say probably one of my key things is my focus on my technical ability you know constantly trying to Im- improve my, my technique and you know, obviously the better you're able to do that within within swimming um you know it's it's, it's vital you know the, the easier it is to get through the water and the more efficient you are which you know if you get stronger then you're going to be quicker um so i'd say my technical focus you know when i was a lot younger was is has been really important um but then also you know i'd, I'd say I'm, I'm really grateful for the people that i've been surrounded by you know stephen Tigg, my current coach and someone that's you know been with me since I was about eight years old when I first got coached by Manalo. Um, he's been a, a huge part of um, my swimming journey. And did you find that when you were doing all the swimming and starting to kind of compete at this higher level, um, that you kind of felt yourself developing personally in a slightly different way to some of your kind of peers around you at the time? Um, I, I think swimming gave me confidence. You know, it helped me, it helped me be more confident out of the swimming environment as well you know at school being dyslexic um at a, at a private school with people with all different backgrounds from me being in a background that or not in a background but i guess financially in a in a family that you know potentially couldn't have gone to to boarding school um you know and with me struggling in school you know i found it sometimes quite intimidating or you know a difficult place to be but you know i actually really enjoyed the the whole school setup and um you know i think swimming helped me grow as a as a person outside of the pool as well um you know it's it's sort of the reason why you know i get up and i and i want to try and strive to be better but i'd say within as my swimming's got better i've tried to challenge myself outside of the pool as well you know with, with public speaking and stuff like that which doesn't come naturally but you know it's, it's something that I think is, is quite important as well so no I'd, I'd say swimming has, has helped a lot with um, you know just becoming more of a, a confident person yeah okay um, and, and I know that you obviously must do loads and loads of swimming training and I'm often kind of curious to kind of hear what you actually kind of process in your brain and what you think about while you're doing all this training because it you know a lot of athletes say that um, they sort of have to forget about the long-term goal and just think about the day-to-day sometimes when you're doing this. Um, yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, um, for example, I, I train 10 sessions a week. Um, not right now. You know, it's been, it's been pretty chilled out at the moment. But um, so usually 10 sessions a week, um, two hours each, and then I'll probably do two or one gym session as well and um, within that you know there's a complete variation of of all sorts of different things you know it could be really long steady swimming and um, if that's the case then my main thought process will be around you know counting my strokes you know making sure that i'm getting as much dps or distance per stroke from from every single stroke and um, i'll usually be around 18 to 20 if that's long course on top of that we might do quite a few drills and skill stuff and um, so you break the stroke up 
um, breaststroke, butterfly and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think with, within swimming and I find that there's so many elements and, you know, with me being and having done it for, for so long, I really enjoy breaking it down and trying to work on so many different elements. Um, and yeah, I understand the, you know, you, you need to, you need to think about the, the now, but the reason why I'm doing what I do today is because of what I want to achieve, you know, three, four years, five years down the line. Um, so I think it's about, you know, getting that long-term goal and then working back to, to what I need to do today to, to get there. And, you know, the, the kind of way I understand that is, you know, you set yourself a big goal and it's great because you've got that North Star to always be aiming towards. Um, but right now, you know, do you kind of feel motivation-wise um, that you, because, you know, you've built up to that, you built up, built up, and then you kind of lose that North Star for a while. So what, what are some of the things that you go through now in order to reset that North Star and work towards the new kind of goals and targets? Yeah, I think after the Olympics, it's it's usually pretty challenging for people. You know, I I'd, I'd, I'd quite easily admit for myself, you know, the last couple of weeks of you, there's a thing that the, the athletes speak about called the Olympic blues. Um, you know, it's just you know you've been in this village environment. It's been great fun being in an apartment with you know, you know six six seven other guys, and you know it's just it's just been great fun. And then usually we we stay out. You know, 2016 we stayed out there for like another six days but you know here you know I was back in my flat 36 hours after I raced um which was really odd you know waking up the next morning watching the Olympics on TV which was which is a really strange feeling um so yeah I'd say you sort of get the blues of you know missing the Olympics but then also you know people coming up and asking the exact same questions every day and mm. the uh your family wanting to to see you but you just you know ask they're obviously asking the same things and you know, and then you're missing people. So it's quite a difficult thing. And at the same time, you know, even if you have swum well or if you haven't, you're then constantly thinking about what's next or, or what did I do well or what didn't I do well? So I think reflection is really important. But then I think for the, for the next bit for me, it's about, you know, I've only got three years, you know, and I, I need to be patient across what I want to try and do. Unfortunately, none of the governing bodies have spoken to each other because of COVID. So next year is, you know, a really busy year. So I need to prioritise what I want to do. So I think for, I just need, I'm meeting actually my coach t tomorrow. We go for a yearly, an annual Indian um, in Stirling um, where we sit down and, and sort of chat about what's happened and then also what's to be and what we want to try and achieve. Um, you know, it's the same guy I've been since I was eight. He's the head coach at Stirling, Stephen Tegg. And, you know, I get on really well with him and, you know, it's. I think the next cycle is is going to be really important, um, and I'm quite. I'm I'm looking forward to it. What are some of the key things do you think that you're going to take from what you've already done to improve and, and kind of learn upon, so that you can further develop as as a swimmer specifically? You know, the experiences that I've had over the last five year, six year cycle has has been has been really good, and and ones that I think helped me out a lot while I was away at the Olympics. I think it's going to take me a while to really realise, first of all, what, what I've achieved because of, you know, going from race to race and then obviously coming back here straight away. It's, it's been quite a bit of a whirlwind, you know, everything's gone so fast. Um, so I'd say firstly that, um, you know, I, I think some of the experiences that I'm going to take along with me is, you know, the Olympic Games is, is so different to any other competition. I think mentally, you know, people find that a lot more draining just because it is the pinnacle of our sport. And that's the sort of way that, you know, people build their training around is a, is a four-year cycle or in this case, a three-year cycle. 
Um, so I'm probably going to say, you know, patience, firstly, first and foremost, you know, with, you know, building up for the next three years, because it, it is a while. The way that, you know, I, I swam different races, you know, I, I think I can, I can learn from that. You know, I might have done a personal best time in all of my finals, but I think the way that I swam them, you know, I'd like to think, you know, I, I could have swam them slightly differently. So I'll, I'll probably take that forward. And then on top of that, probably just trying to be a better teammate because I think, you know, some people, some of the younger athletes at the University of Stirling that were there for their first time, I like to be quite um, tunnel visioned and, you know, keep to myself, you know, when I'm in a competitive environment, you know, quite chilled out, um, you know, I'll chat to people and, and whatever. And, and I try and stick to a smaller group and just sort of do that, do it that way. But, you know, I could see that, you know, perhaps they were quite nervous and I, and I could have maybe gone up and, and helped. And so it's been a you know, very, very successful year for swimming in general for GB. You know, what are your kind of thoughts on leadership within swimming and, and how you know, they've done it well um, to build you up to, to where you were able to get to? Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's almost like a culture change as well within British swimming. Yeah. Um, and then so is that the argument of, you know, is culture forced by the, the athletes or is it, is it done from the, the top down? I'd say it's been a mixture of both. I think it's the, a, a new group of athletes that have come through, but with the same time, there was a management change in 20, 2013. And I think that they've made a, a huge difference to the way that, you know, not only the athletes think, but also the way that the, the coaching staff have been as well. I think there's a, a nice combination of um, experience and youth within every team that I've been on. But then also being able to be a part of a team, you know, with, with Adam Peaty, you know, the determination but then also the the way he dominates races is is really encouraging um you know as someone that i've been on a team with for seven eight years now and he uh it just fills you with that i think you know when i was quite young when i was first on you know 2016 it just fills you with confidence knowing that you know it just gives you that belief that you can compete at the highest level um and i think it's become a it's become so consistent that it's now a natural habit within British swimming that, you know, we can compete at the highest level and, and everyone believes that we can. You know, we had our successful Europeans just before the Olympics and I thought that, that um, you know, the, the girls, for example, won all of the relays, which was, which was really impressive. And it's the first time British swimming have, have been top of the medal table at the Europeans, you know, beating, beating Russia. So, yeah, I would say the, the culture change of, you know, focusing on the process, believing that you can compete at the highest level and everyone within the organization is, is, is bought into it as well. And so I think, I think culture is very interesting because it it ultimately kind of, as you say, creates that uh, environment where you guys can, can really thrive. Um, Are there some things that you find that have kind of built up that are quite unique to the British swimming culture um, that when you just enter that space, you just, everyone just knows that these things are done. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that have taken from from different aspects. So the coaching staff are, are big on the um, so there's quite a few that have come from rugby. Uh, big on the All Blacks. We usually do the sweep sheds thing, um, which the All Blacks I think first did, which is you know you, you clean up you clean up your space and leave it how it was when you first arrived. Um, you know, which is I think you know as as an athlete and sadly at the age of 24, I'm now one of the mature athletes, which is astonishing but um you know it, it needs to be pushed in from the athlete's perspective as well you know if it's putting in a photo on the group chat being like you know remember to sweep the sheds guys you know if they've left the mess or whatever i think it's quite important that the athletes drive that 
on top of that, you know, it's it's trying to have transparency between coaching staff, um, the the upper like the top management, you know, above the coaching staff, like the head coach, the the CPD and stuff like that, and uh, and the swimmers, you know, full full honesty and transparency between you know what we're wanting from them and what they want from us, um, and we've done plenty of workshops where we've we've I think from when I first started in British swimming to to now, you know not that many people would have been honest within the, the workshop. Whereas now, you know, it's, they're almost like, all right, guys, you're being too honest. You know, I think that's a good, it's almost a good thing. So, um, no, I, th- I think, it, I think it's a really positive place to be. And, you know, I think it's been led by, by, by a couple of athletes and, and coaching staff as well, which is good. I'm really, really interested. Um, and obviously, you know, as, as we were talking about um, kind of off air, um, Army goes very much focused around university and, and, and sport there. Um, You've done an incredible job because you've not only achieved everything that you've achieved within swimming, but you've also gone and got yourself a degree. Um, tell me about some of the challenges that you've had to face in, in doing those two side by side. Jeez, where to begin here? The, um, you know, it was the decision of going to, to university firstly was, you know, I, I'm here to swim. You know, I, I, I might be able to, to balance a degree on the side. And, you know, I'm really grateful for the University of Stirling to be able to you know, give me a deviant study program and allow me to, to take it part time. But, um, you know, first challenges would be probably around exams. You know, the, the exam dates always lie within competitions around December, for example. And, you know, first and second year doing exams, you know, in a competition pool, team meeting room um, and having someone come out and be the examiner to, you know, it, deadlines that coincide with you know British swimming trials for world championships you know getting extensions for stuff like that and I think it's just it's just constantly on on your mind as as an athlete you know it's it's never I think that's what I'm probably looking forward to the most is just that time to be able to switch off because you know even if I did want to switch off at the weekend and and chill out and relax I know that you know I still have an assignment due in in two and a half weeks you know how it is as a a student you know you're constantly thinking about you're like Right, well, I'll procrastinate, but you know, I still know I need to have to do it. It's still in the back of your mind, and yeah. it's probably just living with that. And you know, at some points during a session, you're you're distracted with you know thinking about how how am I going to put this question together, or or my group my group that I've been put with you know isn't cooperating. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've been really fortunate that the university still and have been you know so good in allowing me to have you know either coursework or another another method of doing something if I've if I've been away for example. Now obviously within a university environment you've got everything going on. You've got people like yourself that are competing at the high level of sport. You've got on the social side you've you know university is one of those places where a lot of things are going on at once. Um, so I'm curious to find out how you've kind of been able to surround yourself with the right people because often you know we, we people talk about you know you are the five people that you you spend the most time with. Um, so how have you been able to, within that university environment, surround yourself with people that can drive you forward? I've probably been really lucky in the sense that, you know, I, I came to the University of Stirling and it was the same time another summer from down in London was coming to the University of Stirling. Um, so we decided, you know, well, rather than going in halls, because, well, for me, I'd pretty much been in halls for eight years, you know, being at boarding school. So, you know, something I had experienced. So, um, yeah, we, we um, got a flat together, started um we rented a flat together and you know I, I stayed there with him for you know the first five five years and you know it's 
I think towards the latter stages of both or or his um, university life, he you know started as as swimming took a bit more of a backseat approach. You know he um, you know like like it does you know he, he started to enjoy a lot more social life stuff like that which you know for for me gave for a hard a hard you know sit down and a hard chat you know i had to then you know say that he he still is you know a, a really good friend and, and one of my best mates and you know i had to had to sit down and you know say you know i, I think that you know we should uh you know you should move out um you know and react to that for me, it was a, a really difficult conversation and one that I asked lots of people about. And, you know, the, the psychologist that I work with is, you know, it's one of those things where if it's, if you think it's going to make 1% difference and it's a hundred percent worth doing. So, you know, I, it was more the, his, his social aspects, which I think, you know, as, as, as an athlete, you know, it's, it's just that minimal thing, but you know, the way that, he is you know I'm not it's nothing against him it's more the the what I'm looking to try and achieve and the small percents that I'm getting and you know it was a difficult conversation but you know him being a best mate he was like you know I totally understand yeah yeah I totally understand yeah it's right yeah and just you know accepted the fact um but outside of that you know I've, I've tried to surround myself within you know I've been really fortunate the squad that I've been in has had some phenomenal athletes that are really good trainers and really good out of the pool as well um so you know I've, I've been really lucky that you know i've been able to surround myself with some uh, great athletes and then obviously we had covid where suddenly you're, you're not surrounded by by all these kind of people um again so you know how, how did kind of covid affect your swimming regime and everything um but the main thing i actually want to know from covid is what were some of the key personal learning outcomes that you got from that with COVID that's the longest time I've been out of the pool since I learned to swim yeah it was really strange to be honest it's the first time that I've been able to truly reflect on on everything that I'd achieved within swimming so it was obviously about June 2020 and you know I got told that the Olympic trials were getting postponed the Olympics were getting postponed a year and you know, I, I just decided, no, I'm going to take probably about three weeks off, four weeks off doing no exercise. You know, we had Zoom calls of gym and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it was quite nice just chilling out, you know, playing COD at night and then plenty of beers during the day and stuff like that. And just relaxing a little bit. Um, and it was a good time to, you know, actually truly reflect because, you know, quite often it's three, four weeks off. You know, you've just had a great high of, a, of an international competition and then you're straight back into it. So being able to to think about, you know, what have I done? What have I done well so far? What would I like to do differently? And, and what, what, what do you think I can change to moving forward? So, um, no, I actually think it was really important for me. And you know, I got to have, you know, a couple of calls and Zoom calls with, you know, coaches and stuff like that to be like, you know, what do you think I can do better and, and stuff like that, which, which made me really excited to, to get back in the pool. Now, I'm also really interested, earlier you are talking about the 1%, and it's, it's something that's, you know, very kind of discussed now amongst athletes. I think, you know, British Cycling was a, a classic example of how they were uh, implementing those things. Um, but what are some of the habits that you've been able to build up? Like, over the last, I think, you know, COVID for me, I certainly found that I was able to really build up some very good morning habits that would then set me up incredibly well for the rest of the day. You know, even just things like, turning off my phone and waking up to an alarm clock rather and then not going on my phone for the first hour of the day you know transformative things I found in my life because then it stops me getting distracted throughout the day but you don't realize these things until you you do them but 
yeah, what are some of the kind of habits that you've been able to, to form that have been, you know, really important for your success? Yeah, and I think they're as small as, as that. And, and I think that small ones like that are, are really important and actually make a, a fundamental difference, like you say. Um, you know, for, for me, it's probably just, you know, turning up and, and being as good as I can be every single day for the last, you know, however long, seven, eight years. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say a, a good habit is, you know, counting my strokes or, you know, trying to n- never do a length where, you know, I've, I've not been fully concentrating. Um, I'd say a lot of my habits are quite unconscious, but there's plenty of things, you know, I'd, I'd say I, I have quite naturally high standards. Um, so a lot of the things that I do, I would usually say I need to change rather than, you know, this is what I do well. I don't really see myself as what I do well. It's more like, um i just sort of see my faults um so yeah i I don't i don't quite know you know from what i do know is that you know from when i was at the end of my trial period you know i was i I was transitioning from being an athlete that constantly was looking up to to the older people at strathallon to having to be at the age of only 14 15 having to try and be a role model and trying to act professional day in and day out, which I found really difficult at that age. You know, the coach is asking me to to set to sort of set the standard and and be an athlete that people can look up to. And you know, I, I'm there for a bit of fun and you know, just trying to just trying to do my thing. You know, if I can miss some meters, then great. But um, you know, I didn't really know what it was about. But then you know, coming to the University of Stirling and basically starting again, being one of the younger athletes and looking up to to some of them, and I liked the way you know some of them would call out others, you know, if, if they didn't think they were up to, to standard or, you know, if the, you know, just the way they conducted themselves in and out of the pool. Um, so I, w- I would say it's just, it's just habits of, you know, when I'm not feeling good, you know, it's a habit of, you know, I, I continually turn up and show up. Um, the habits of, you know, if I have an issue, I, I, I raise it um, and, I try and make a habit of always working on my weaknesses as well, um, which is not something that I enjoy. But, you know, I'd say it's a, it's a really important thing that, you know, has, has got to me to, to where I am. And what are some of those weaknesses? Because I think it's, it's, a, it's a sign of incredible maturity to kind of be able to identify these things and then be able to work on them. Um, so, yeah, what, what are some of those kind of weaknesses that you have been trying to work on? You mentioned public speaking earlier. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's obviously within um, out, outside of the pool environment. You know, being being dyslexic. I mean, exams for me were were a horror story, and uh, you know, for for me, I'd I'd say coming out of university with a two one is 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 a, an achievement. You know, that that I'm really proud of. You know, I'd like to think in the future I'd, I'd maybe do a masters, maybe after the next Olympic cycle. But you know, I I don't know to balance. I think I found university in itself really challenging and quite difficult at the start. Time management was a, a real weakness, and I had to work with quite a lot of people to be like, "Oh, so because I'm away at a competition, I should do it a week early rather than just leave it to the deadline." And when I have a competition, you know, it's just it's just around things like that within the pool. You know, it's you know, I, I find weaknesses, you know, every day that I try and work on. You know, whether I'd say coming out of school, breaststroke was probably one of my weak, my worst strokes, or my worst stroke. But you know, in the two um, Olympic final there I think I had the second fastest breaststroke split so I, I, yeah I'd, I'd say it's just constantly striving to to be a better athlete all-round athlete rather than just you know focus on certain elements 
It must be quite tough, though, um, constantly wanting more from yourself. I think um, I, I was reading up on some of the things about Johnny Wilkinson, right? And he was a, a classic example of someone that had always just, you know, he was always striving for perfection in his play. And it had quite a bit of a, a kind of toll on him um, kind of later on. And have you, have you, you know, felt at all that constantly kind of pushing yourself to these absolute limits and trying to always self-improve in these areas does it does it have a bit of a toll on you in other areas at all it's a it's a good question and not one that you know i I, i've thought about to be honest um i'd say at my age of 24 probably not yet um but it's something that i'm aware of and you know it's 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 like the competition that's just been for example i i come out of it saying that you know i've got mixed emotions but at the end of the day you know i'm the most decorated athlete at single games for britain you know i need to hold my head high i pb'd in every single final i did you know i basically did everything i could i think it's about you know reflecting and and being you know trying to be more satisfied with with what i've done mm-hmm. rather than the second something's happened trying to move on and trying to become a better athlete you know I, what i would say is within swimming you can probably take bigger breaks and you know rugby's quite a, a full-on you know all year round and the and the training model that we use at, at the university of sterling is quite a it benefits longevity as well it's not all out every session there's there's progression within you know different weeks and different months as well so um, I'd say I've got a, a good set of people around me to, to help me with that. Absolutely fantastic. Right, we're going to go on to the last kind of few questions, but you know, first I just want to say thanks so much for being so honest and uh, you know, again, um, massive congratulations uh, on achievements. A few kind of wrap-off questions. What does success uh, mean to you? Several things. Depends what mood I'm in. You know, <laughs> it's success, success for me is, is you know, fully committing to the journey and the process of what I'm wanting to achieve and, and, and enjoying it. You know, that's, that's a success for me in its own right. You know, I, I love what I do and, you know, yes, the outcome is what everyone, uh, you know, focuses on, the media focuses on, you know, that's how, that's how athletes are, you know, ranked or described is dependent on that. But, you know, the process of me doing 10 sessions every single week and, you know, training as hard as I can for the last seven, eight years, and you know, trying to be continually better, I'd say is such a, such a journey that I enjoy and the athletes that I get to be a part of, the, the friends that I can make along the way, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to think that, you know, just continually to be what I've done and continue to do that every single year you know if I finished say in five years you know I'd, I'd like to think that that was that was a successful career because you know I was trying to be as good as I can be every single day uh, but if you got me on a different day you know I'd maybe say you know success is an outright goal you know and being being an individual Olympic champion is you know is obviously um, ambitious and you know that's what I'm, I'm looking to achieve but you know obviously falling so short but I don't think I can pinpoint a certain achievement on success. You know, I'd, I'd probably like to say that my first answer is, is what I'd say, just because it's, uh, I enjoy the, the process of, of what I do. If you're talking to a uh, younger kind of Duncan Scott right now, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give him um, in, in just in life in general? <laughs> Invest in Bitcoin. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I don't know, you know, to be honest. I've really enjoyed my journey and what I've done so far and the different um, the different struggles along the way and, you know, falling short at certain points, but then also, you know, swimming out my skin at different different opportunities and 
um, you know, first making teams on realizing stuff like that. I've really enjoyed the, the full journey that I've had. So no, I don't think I could, the only thing that I would say is, you know, be more grateful for, for the opportunities that I've had, you know, I've, and, and thank the people around me more often. You know, it's something that I've tried to do more um, because, you know, the, being a, being a swimmer and being, being within Scottish swimming for so long, you know, the number of people that have helped me out has, has been ridiculous. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for, for what I've achieved. And I, the amount of work that goes behind my head and that, that I have no idea about is, is unbelievable. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just say, you know, when I'm growing up, just be a little bit more grateful rather than just be a, a grumpy teenager. And now you're 24. GB's most decorated athlete in one games. Um, so what's what's next for you? Do you think? Yeah. So obviously, I, I come out of that with mixed emotions. So for for me, it's trying to trying to get what I wanted, and you know, it's for me the next cycle is is really exciting. You know, I've only ever won one medal at World Championships individually, and I think that the Olympics was probably my best ever meet individually, but then also as as part of a team as well. So it's about trying to carry that on that momentum on you know world championships is next year and the year after which is which is a bit strange but that's uh it's COVID so um yeah I, I think for me it's uh it's there's quite a few things that I'd, I'd like to do you know whether that's as well you know now being 24 I'd probably like to go away and, and train with some other people get some get some new experiences and try out some different environments and um, I think that that'd be quite fun and I'd probably learn quite a bit as well as as I say, you know, it's the actual the actual journey and the process is is what I love because it's the day to day grind that's so exciting, and you know, it's the it's the tough mornings, but then also the highs and lows of it all, which are which is what I love. Well, crazy 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 story so far, and yeah, very looking very much looking forward to seeing um, how you progress next. Three statements, um, and we're going to guess. Well, I'm going to guess which one of those three statements is a lie. So my first statement is, so I used to be better at tennis than I was swimming and I was in a development class that Judy Murray took. Um, next statement is, I own eight suits. Okay. As in like full, full tuxes, full suits. My last statement is, um, I've won an international medal every year since 2014. So there we go, two truths and one lie from Duncan Scott. I do hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Now just to give you another quick update as to what's going on with Armigo at the moment, we've got lots of clubs that we're signing on from a number of different universities who are going to be using Armigo, uh, the app, um, for the next year. Um, we've also got many, many more athletes coming up on the podcast and we really plan to try and get these um, episodes coming out every single week. Um, but if you want to have a l- little bit more of a look at what we are getting up to, you can go onto our Instagram page at armgo underscore UK. Do give us a follow on there. Um, but also you can check out our website at www.armigo.io. Um, but that's it for this week. Thanks very, very much for joining uh, and look forward to seeing you again next week.